This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. All right. How is everybody tonight? Good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. Amen. I know we got uh, the ladies are all excited. They've got their uh, women's forum over the next few days. A lot of work has gone into that. So, uh, so they're going to be super blessed and, uh, and I know it's going to be awesome. So, uh, good for that. But tonight, uh, we are on part three of a Wednesday night series that we're doing called Call of Duty Spiritual Warfare. Yes. And we're talking about spiritual warfare. And, you know, we, we're, I don't know how long we're going to be on this. It's probably going to be a little bit because we're, we're diving into this because the New Testament has a lot to say about this topic. And uh, in our first week, we established the fact and laid the groundwork that we are fighting a spiritual war. Absolutely. You know, uh, it tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. And so we are in war. Spiritually speaking, we establish that there is an enemy, the devil. He is real. And uh, and and uh, and so we, we're looking at some of that. Last week, we kind of took a look at some boot camp stuff. Is kind of what I call it. We looked at obedience, obeying the word of God, obeying the voice of God and obeying the convictions that you have uh, from the word of God. And so uh, we, we're kind of we're kind of looking at some basic stuff. We are going to get into the armor of God. We're going to get in to some deep stuff. But we've got to We've got to lay some groundwork here on this because you don't just, you know, sign the papers. I know we've got a lot of army guys in here. A lot of you. I'm guessing you didn't just sign on the dotted line that they put you up in a in a, you know, in an airplane. And you were skydiving the next, you know, the very next morning. My uh, my nephew. Uh, he just he just graduated. Uh, what is he in the 101st Airborne or something like that? Anyway, he, he's doing really well for himself. I'm proud of him. He's my uh, my my nephew. But but I'm telling you, it's taken him several years to get to that point. He didn't just sign up and they're like, hey, yeah, let's go do this. He had a lot to learn. And so a lot of us are like, man, I'm ready to go out there and destroy the devil. I'm ready to do this. Well, hold on now. Have you read your Bible at any point in the last month? Well, no, I haven't had time. And you're going to go out and fight the devil. Yeah, call me whenever he flicks you against the wall and, and we'll just talk about that. Listen to me. You've got to, you, we've got to lay some stuff out here, okay? And so you've got to learn to be obedient to the Word of God and the voice of God. We saw that last week. But this week, what I want to talk about for just a few minutes here, we don't have a lot of time, but what I want to talk about is unity. Like what? Well, I'm just, you know, I, I haven't been through boot camp, okay, as you can tell. But I, I will say this much, that I have read about it. And I know that, I know that some of the basic things are you better learn how to obey, right? And you better learn how to work as a team if you're going to be a successful fighting force. You can't just go out there and, all right, every man for himself, good luck. Uh, you know, just whatever happens, happens. And uh, we'll catch you back there for dinner tonight, okay, if you make it. Godspeed. No, it's not like that, man. They teach you how to work as a team, how to function as a unit. All right. And so we're going to look at three key areas tonight that we better get in unity on or we're not going to be very successful in God's army there. I mean, there's a lot more than three areas, but I've just pinpointed three little areas that I can see that we had better get in unity on or we are not going to be a successful fighting force. 
And, you know, and we're sitting here, you know, as we study spiritual combat and warfare. I know most of us are looking to apply that to our individual fight. And I get that. I'm looking to apply it to my individual fight. But if you cannot function within the army of God and be a good teammate, if you can't be a good brother and a good sister in the body of Christ, forget about your individual combat. You're not going to get very far. You better learn how to hold your brother's arms up. You better learn how to be there for your sister or or you're not sowing good seeds at all, man. And, and who's going to be there for you when you need it? So this does all tie in to you winning the spiritual battle that you are facing in your life. But you have to learn how to fight as a team and be in unity within the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? All right, let's go ahead and look at three things here. That we need to unite on. The first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, you got to unite in love for one another. We've got to come together. And, I, and this, listen, I'm not into the rainbows and ponies and we are the world. St- I, you know, that's cute. And it's, it's you know, I, people all the time, I joke with my mom. She's like, well, what did you pray for today? And I joke and I say, I prayed for world peace, mom. Why is that a joke? Because that's the biggest waste of time you could ever do. You might as well go out and like... I don't know, eat a cake, pop at Starbucks, and, and drink a pumpkin spice latte. It's, it's great, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Praying for world peace is the biggest waste of time that you will do because it's never going to happen. It is never going to happen. We can't even, I mean, come on. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going there, but, but praying that we're just going to all kumbaya and get along, just do it if you want to, but it's not going to happen. I'm just going to, I don't want to pop your balloon right there. But as Christians, we do need to unite in our love for one another. So let, let's get here. Galatians 6.10. Galatians 6.10. Now I promised to rough you up a little bit before the night's over. We're getting there. <laughs> we are getting there. Now I know at the women's conference, I, I, I believe that it's going to be a good loving time, right? Okay. In the presence of the Father and all that stuff. But tonight we're going to rough you up a little bit. So you ladies just can, uh, you can go get your healing over the next few days. Amen. All right. I don't. You can get your lotions out and, you know, burn your candles and all that girly stuff. All right. Uh, Galatians 6, verse 10. And check this out. Because we all know, we, you need to love everybody, right? You need to do good to everybody. But let's talk about Galatians 6, 10 for just a minute. This says this, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, but especially to those in the family of faith. So, I mean, I need to be good to everybody, right? I I need to treat everybody with love and kindness, but I especially better do good to those in the family of faith, to my brothers and sisters, to my fellow Christians. Now, a lot of times I see people like, man, I don't know why I've been praying. I've been standing in faith for this. I've been trying everything. I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been reading. I've been studying. I've been doing it all. But nothing's happening. And then come to find out, man, they can't get along with anybody. They, they fight with every other Christian there is. And then they think they're going to be some kind of Rambo on the battlefield. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Because you are living in disobedience to God's word. And let me tell you, if you struggle with getting along with other people everywhere you go, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I know some people, everywhere they go, they don't get along with anybody. At work, 
they don't, they, it's drama, drama, drama. They, you know, they go to school, drama, drama, drama. They go to church, drama. They go to home and it's explosions. And, 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 and it follows them everywhere that they go. Like, my gosh, what a miserable existence. You can't get along with anybody. And then you, you wonder why your prayers don't get answered. Well, Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. Mark it down, Galatians 5, 6. Your faith works by love. If you can't get along with anybody, don't expect that you're going to be a prayer warrior. Your faith doesn't work. And your prayers get answered by faith. And so I, I'm just examine your life, man. If you don't get along with anybody, if drama follows you everywhere, we're not making fun of you. We want to help you. That has got to be pure misery. I can't imagine living like that. And, and we're not judging you. We're trying to help you. You need to find a way to get out of that, man. You need to find a way to get along with other people and maybe admit that you're wrong sometimes. Maybe just learn to overlook somebody else's faults, like Colossians 3 says. Maybe just accept the fact that not everybody has the same opinion as you. It is quiet up in here tonight. It's quiet. But listen to me. We need to examine this. You need to learn how to get along with other people like they teach you to do in preschool. They, they teach you, man. You share your crowns. Some people, some adults can't share their crowns with each other. They, I, it's just absolutely terrible. And then they, they get mad at God when their prayers don't get answered. It doesn't work that way. 1 Corinthians 12. That went over really well. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. See if we're going to, you know, ignite the fire here. We're, we're going to get you. We'll find something by the end of the night that, that'll prod you. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. And, uh, as, as we're getting there, and so you realize that in the military and in God's army, not everybody has the exact same position, right? Not everybody does the exact same job. Because that, that just wouldn't work. If everybody was a pilot, I mean, who would fuel the planes? Who, who would, if everybody did the exact same thing, you wouldn't get anywhere at all. And so it's the same way in the body of Christ. If everybody was the exact same position, if everybody was the exact same uh, set in the exact same place in the body, we would not be a very well uh, well off fighting force. We wouldn't get much done. And so first Corinthians 12, 12 says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And so the human body, it has a lot of different parts. And I've learned to accept that fact that my feet just don't do what my head does. You know, my nose doesn't do what my hands do. It's, you know, I've accepted that fact. And it goes on to tell us, wouldn't it be silly if the ear said, well, nose, you're not a part of the body because you're not an ear. Only ears are real parts of the body. Only feet count as a real part of the body. What if your body said something like that? That wouldn't make any sense at all. You wouldn't get anywhere. Well, look down here at verse 19. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Can you imagine that if you just saw like a, an, I picture this for some reason, an eyeball rolling down the sidewalk? That would look super creepy, right? I mean, you know, there's nothing else, just an eyeball rolling down the sidewalk. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to grab some lunch. How are you going to eat it? And how are you talking? I don't, I don't get it. But, but, but what if a body was only made up of one part? It wouldn't get anywhere. It wouldn't be very successful. So verse 20 says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. 
Your hands and eyes, they need each other. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And so what am I getting at here? I'm talking about if we are going to be successful in spiritual warfare, listen, if we're going to be successful, if you're going to win your fight with the enemy, you are going to have to accept the fact that your brothers and sisters are not the exact same as you. Like, well, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, listen to me. I see a whole lot of people that they just can't accept the fact that not everybody does things exactly their way. And it bothers them so much, so much, that, I mean, instead of reading the Bible, they sit there while they're reading their Bible thinking about, I just can't believe the way that they passed out the offering today. Oh, my gosh. I would, I would have done it that way. And they're still reading their Bible, but they're not thinking about the Word because they're thinking about how somebody else doesn't do things how they do. It's true. Have you ever been reading the Bible and you're, you're reading it, but you're not thinking about a single thing. You're not taking any of it in at all. That's disrespectful to God. How disrespectful is it when somebody's talking to you and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Men, we're experts at this. You're going to leave me like that, guys? Come on, you know you are. Wow, you guys are a quiet crowd tonight. Tough crowd, all right. Anyway, so, but, but how rude is that? To do that to God Almighty, He's sitting there with His Word speaking to you, and you're not even paying any attention. Okay, I read today, let's go. But you were sitting there thinking about how upset you were at your brother or your sister. See how you're not going to be a very good spiritual warrior? See how you are not going to be successful in your fight against the enemy? It distracts you when you're not going to be in unity against uh, uh, with your Christian brothers and sisters. And so I'm glad that there are many parts, but only one body. And, uh, and so I, I've seen this. Let me, let me just take it a step further, okay? I've seen this especially, especially with men, okay? Alright, we're just gonna throw, throw this out there at the men. Most men that I've seen, okay? And you can deny it, but it's the truth. I'm a man, I'll admit it. Most men that I know, if they see the work that somebody else has done that is in the same field of work as them, they never compliment them. I've never, I mean, I've never seen a, one construction worker look at another construction worker or contractor's job and say, man, he really grounded that perfectly. I've never seen drywall that night. Every time. Come on. I mean, it's serious right here. Mechanics do it. Construction workers do it. All men are terrible about this. They said they they are awful about it. They're like, um, yeah, you see that? The, you can tell they kind of went in. Eh, eh, no. Look at those tiles. My gosh. You look at yourself in the mirror at night and you lay tile like that. What a loser. And 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 I'm serious. That may sound it's kind of funny in the workforce, but it gets real sick and twisted when it gets into the body of Christ. It's one thing to say, yeah, that guy, I mean, he, he wouldn't know this type of screw from that one if it hit him in the head. I, what, what a loser. What pathetic. Okay, it's one thing to do that at work. But it's another thing to bring that attitude in to the body of Christ. Because on the battlefield, I don't care if you hammer nails the exact same way that I do. I just care that you're there and that you've got enough of a heart to step up to the plate and do something for God. 
I don't care where you came from. I don't care. I care that you're actually in battle with me when, when a thousand other people turned it down and turned down the call of God and said, no, I've got better things to do than this. I care that you're actually there. I don't, I don't need to criticize that you didn't change diapers in the nursery the same way that I did. I don't, I don't, I don't need to criticize, you know, the work of the ushers or, come on, am I right tonight? That is the type of stuff that causes you to lose battles. Be thankful that somebody else is actually on the battlefield with you. All right, let's get moving here. So we need to be in unity in our love and I believe our appreciation for our fellow soldiers. And here we go. Here we go. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. We need to be united in our hatred of sin. I said, why are we going to talk? Well, listen to me. Part of the reason that you are weak, part of the reason the body of Christ is weak is because of our nonchalant attitude towards sin. I'm not calling everybody a sinner. I'm saying you need to have a pure hatred for sin. You're like, what? We'll get there. It's in the Bible. And I'm going to show you that. But, but there's a quote that I like from a, a man named Leonard Ravenhill. He's passed on to the Lord. But he said, the world has lost the power to blush over its sin, but the church has lost her power to weep over it. They aren't embarrassed anymore, guys. They'll throw their sin up in your face and then if you dare say anything against them, then, you know, you're a, well, I, I forgot my list of things that I've been called. Uh, what, what am I? I'm uneducated, bigot, hater. Uh, uh, anyway, I keep a list of the names that I'm called. But anyway, for believing the Bible, not for being mean, but for believing the Bible. And so, and so listen to me. They're not afraid. Of, they're, they're not ashamed anymore. That, that there is very little that people are embarrassed of anymore. They'll straight do it in front of you. They'll straight do it in a church. And so the quote is, is that the world has lost the power to blush over its sin. The church has lost her power to weep over it. And the problem isn't that sinners are sinning because sinners sin. It's what they do. Dogs bark, fish swim. It's to be expected. Birds fly. Sinners sin. But when the church of Jesus Christ, when the army of God just lays down and doesn't care about it anymore, then we've got issues. You're called to be the light of the world. You're hiding your light under a bushel and saying, well, yeah, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Why not? Why not? I mean, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I like being liked. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I tend to not like uh, being not liked. But at the same time, I'm getting pretty sick of seeing people go to hell and Christians standing by and basically applauding it and pushing them off the cliff. Yes, yes, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. What? And you, you know what the Word of God says, and you're gonna applaud them and support them and help push them off the cliff. Romans chapter 6, let's go there. Romans that we're in boot camp, okay? We're in boot camp. But, as a Christian, we don't hate a single person. There's, and I can say this in all honesty before God Almighty, there is not a single person in this world that I hate. Not one. There's not even a whole lot that, that I don't like. I, I, I like most people. Uh, but at the same time, there's not a single person that I hate. There are some things that I hate. I hate sin because I've seen it destroy people's lives. I've seen it kill children's parents. I've seen sin 
absolutely just destroy nations. Sin. It's awful. You, and you're okay with that? That doesn't bother you? What's wrong with you? As a Christian, you should have a hatred for sin. Romans 6, starting at verse 20, it says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. What? I used to be a slave to sin? Yeah. You were a slave because you're a slave to whatever controls you. And yeah, you were controlled by sin. Now, if you're born again, you're not anymore. Hopefully in the name of Jesus. But verse 21 says, and what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. Man, nothing bothers me more than hearing some Christian guy talking about, I'm saved now. I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't do it anymore. But my God, I, you should see me back later. I could drink whiskey by the gallon. I hear guys in this church say stupid stuff like that. I wouldn't do it now. But oh man, oh, the girls I used to be able to get, wow. You ought to be ashamed of that stuff, man. Sitting here bragging about that? Things that end in eternal doom? I don't get that. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. I'll be a slave of God. I don't have a problem with that. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I hate sin. Because the payment for sin is death. Sin will kill people, but on the way, it doesn't just, you know, a nice, quick, clean kill. No, it tortures people. It rips families apart. It scars children for life. I hate it. I despise what sin will do to a family. And I despise what sin will do to children. I abhor it. It's awful. I'm not okay with it. Now, is that because I'm perfect? I'm nowhere near perfect, okay? But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and gloat about it and say, oh man, back in the day, I, t- I wouldn't do it now. Oh, no, 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 not, not now. But oh my gosh, back in the day. Woo! Why would you do that, man? Proverbs says a dog returns to its vomit. You're going to sit there and reminisce about your vomit? Man, only a weirdo, only a creep would do that. Only, I mean, only someone that is mentally uh, unstable would do that. Amen? And so, I hate sin because I hate what sin does to people's lives. An adulterous parent not only hurts themselves and their spouse, but they, they kill their kids' lives, man. I'm not okay with it. I hate it. And here we are. We're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm in the army of God, man. Yes, sir. Well, I can pray the fire down. And stare at women or stare at men all day long. No, you can't. I'm going to call your bluff on that one. Bold man, I'm ready, I'm ready to get it. Woo, I'm ready. To, I'm doing battle with the devil. But I've been cussing at work all day long. I'm going to go ahead and call your bluff on that one. Nah. Boy, I tell you what, man. Woo! Uh, listen to me. No. If you don't hate sin, you're not going to be a very good soldier in the army of God. And you may be saying, well, yeah, but I, I, I'll admit it. I, I, I am living this life, but it's not affecting anybody else. It just affects me. Do you realize how stupid of a thing that is to say? Does God count as somebody? It's not hurting anybody else. It's hurting God. He's a somebody. I couldn't hurt God. Ah, but you can. Ephesians. Ephesians 
So listen, to be a good soldier, to get a good, clean, well-oiled machine, we need a fighting force in 2018 and going into 2019. We, we need, we need a legit fighting force. I'm not, listen, we need soldiers that can stand up to the day ahead. Because there's going to be battles and things that we've never even seen before. There's, there's going to be evil that this world has never seen before. And if all of us are laying off in the ditch somewhere, if all of us are half asleep, if all of us are part of the sin, how in the world do we expect to fight the good fight of faith? So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, I, I, I admit that I'm doing this, but who, Who's it hurting? Well, Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I can bring sorrow to God, and you can make God weep. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So God already identified you as, He said, that's my son right there. That's my son. Then, you know, how embarrassing is it, you know, like, hey, everyone, that's my son. Then he goes off picking his nose in a wedgie or something and does something stupid like, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Just... You know, your kids can embarrass you, right? That's what I'm saying. But listen, God has identified you as that's my daughter right there. That she's mine. And then she goes out and cusses everyone out and, you know, beats people and stuff. That brings that's embarrassing, man. It's like it's a little brat over there. It's and you said it's your kid? That's embarrassing, dude. And it says you can bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. So I'm just saying, yes, your sin, our sin, the sin, because we're, we're more, more or less, we're not talking about your sin tonight. We're talking about our attitude toward the sin around us, more or less. But we're saying, well, just let them do it. It's not, it's not hurting anyone. It, sin affects somebody it always affects the person and yes it brings sorrow to god's holy spirit and so listen to me we got to have a hatred for sin here's my verse proverbs 8 13 proverbs 8 13 we having a good time tonight proverbs 8 13 it says all who fear the lord will hate evil if you fear the Lord, you will hate evil. you will hate sin. Well, what does it mean to fear God? That's a whole deep I mean, I love to teach on that. That's a whole deep topic. But to fear God doesn't mean you're afraid of him and scared of him. It means that you have reverence. You respect God so much that you'll change the things you do simply for the fact that you love him so much. Well, I I really enjoy doing this, but you know, I I, I can't I mean, when I got a hold of the fear of God in my life, it, that, that one topic changed my life more than anything ever, even more than being healed of cancer. The fear of the Lord changed my life more than anything. It changed everything I watch on TV. It changed the places I go, the things I say, who I hang out with. And I'm not, I'm not up here to make me look good. I'm saying when you truly fear God, it'll change your life more than anything in this world. But it says right here, everybody. It doesn't say a lot of the people who fear the Lord hate evil. It says all. There's no exceptions. If you don't hate evil, you don't fear God. I mean, it's just as simple as that. 
Again, we're not talking about hating a person. There's not a single person in this world that I hate. But I hate seeing families split up. Hate it. I hate seeing seeing what sin does to people's lives. It is awful. And if you truly fear God, if you if you really do fear the Lord, you'll hate evil. You will you will not be okay with seeing evil go on. You won't have a nonchalant attitude and yeah, just let them do. No. You won't be like that. And First Corinthians five, we aren't turned there, but First Corinthians five, you know, because a lot of times people, are, well, it's not my place to say something. Well, I'm not going to go out there to the world and say stuff because I don't. Again, I expect expect them to do that. But First Corinthians five does tell me it is my place within the body of Christ to say something to to one of my fellow soldiers, a brother or sister, somebody that claims the title of Christian. They say I am a Christian. I'm not going to judge their life but if i see you doing something dumb blatant sin i have every right to say something to you and in fact i'm commanded to say something to you well that doesn't doesn't sound very good well well it's the truth and so um let's see here i'm just going to read this to you real quick you you can just write this down first corinthians 5 12 Paul said, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. There it is. Don't judge me. Well, Paul said, if you claim to be a Christian and you're in the church, it's my job to judge you. First Corinthians 512, write it down. Anyway, we're, I'm, we're trying, we're talking about getting a, you know, a good fighting force here. Now I realize this isn't one of those inspirational nights. I get it, friends. I get it. Maybe you came to be inspired tonight. Come back tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. If you're a girl, if you were born a female, you can come tomorrow night. And yes, anyway, I'm not going into that because that, that's a whole other thing. But dude, take the dress off, dude. You're a dude. Come on. Come on. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anyone. But all who fear the Lord will hate evil. And so, yeah, I hate evil. I hate sin. Because I've seen it absolutely cripple and destroy people. And so, wrong is wrong even if everyone is doing it. And right is right even if you're the only one doing it. And so, we're talking about being a unit. We gotta, if you, if we're gonna be in God's army together, we gotta unify on some things. We don't have to agree on every little thing, okay? You know, Oh, you don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture? We can't be friends. Okay, well, all right, time out. We're not going there. But but there are some things we've got to agree on. And if you're okay with sin and you're encouraging people to sin, then no, I I don't know if I want to be friends with you. But anyway, uh, number three, here we go. Number three is we got to be unified in our mission to the lost. We've got to be unified in our mission for the lost. Because I can just see us all jumping out of the helicopter on the battlefield there and we all go and do some some other mission. Yeah, I'm going to go over here and, and do this. And I'm going over here and I decided that today I want to do this. Like, what? That It doesn't work that way. We are all on the same team and we are on the same mission whether you know it or not. Now, we may have a different role to play in that mission, but we're all on the same mission. And so Mark chapter 16, let's flip over there. And I'm telling you right now, one way to be victorious is to quit only thinking about yourself. 
Hallelujah. Amen, brother. Amen. One way to be victorious is to quit only thinking about yourself. I said one way (laughs) to be victorious is to quit only thinking about yourself. I have found that in the midst of warfare, it does me a lot of good to help somebody else out. To get out there and preach to somebody. To get out there and witness to somebody. To get out there and pray for somebody when I'm going through a difficult time. Instead of sitting there in the corner, oh man, oh God, get me out of this. Oh, it hurts so bad, man. Listen, we all, hey, we've all been there. But come on, don't stay there. Get up and do something. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. You know this, it's the Great Commission. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I know a lot of Christians that have never preached the gospel to any creature. Their dogs never even seen them pray. Come on, listen. And then they're going to say, report it for duty, sir. No, you're not. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So what am I supposed to? I don't I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I, I got nothing to do. Go find a sick person, man. Go find the worst sinner you can find and tell them that Jesus loves them. I don't know bored. There's nothing to do today. Man, go cast out a devil somewhere. They're everywhere. Go find one. Go do something with yourself, man. But if you're in God's army, well, I don't know what my call is. Start right here. Start right here. We're on the same mission. And notice that all these things, these are about delivering people. These are about getting people out of the kingdom of Satan and into the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, if it does not bother you that your co-workers are going to hell, if you're okay with that and you never even think about it, if it doesn't keep you up at night that people that you know, if they were to die right now, they would go to hell, that doesn't bother you even this much. You are a demented monster. Seriously, you're twisted. You're a, you're you are messed up. If there are people in your life and you they're going to hell, they are going even if they say they're Christian. Anyway, anyway, we'll cover that later. But listen to me. If it does not bother you that people are going to hell, you can't be a good soldier. You don't, even, you don't even care that the enemy is winning. What kind of a soldier is that? Oh, you care that your football team wins on Sunday. You don't care the devil's stealing your neighbors, stealing their family. You don't care the devil's raping children and all that. You don't care. But my, oh man, we pulled out an overtime victory on Sunday. Oh wow. Woo! That was a close ball game, man. Yeah, and, and I, I'm fine with that. I love sports. I'm fine with it. Love it, love it, love it. But listen to me. If you, get more upset about a basketball game, football game, the stock market, whatever it is, 
than you do that people in Barstow die every day and go to hell. What is wrong with you? You look at yourself in the mirror at night? You kiss your mom with that mouth? What's up with you, man? And, you know, listen, that should bother you. It bothers me. I should be doing more. You should be doing more. But it straight up bothers me, the stuff that I see going on. I hate sin. Hate it. But I love God. And I want to be a good soldier in His army. And so, why is it that we're studying this spiritual warfare stuff? Listen to me. You're going to need it in your life because the enemy absolutely... He, ram, he, he amps up his attacks against us. And we are in the end times. And I'm tired of, and I'm tired of Christians saying stupid things like, oh, the devil made me do it. And it's, uh, the devil makes you do things? How weak are you? The devil does, I mean, I do, I sin and I do stupid things, but the devil doesn't make me. It's because I get stupid sometimes. I'll own up to it. I sin sometimes. <laughs> But the devil doesn't have that power over me to force me to sin anymore. I'm a child of God. So when I do sin, it's because I was a moron. And I'll own up to that fact. But listen to me. We have got, we've got to get this together, man. And so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into this over the next few weeks. The last verse I want to read is Romans 1.16. So how does any of this have anything to do with spiritual warfare? What, man? Listen, this is boot camp stuff. This is the basics. We're going to teach you how to jump out of planes. That'll be in week six. We're bringing the chopper in. Get in the chopper. But listen to me. Before we get in the chopper, before we get in the chopper, before you start launching grenades, you've got to learn how to tie your shoes. You've got to learn how to actually obey the Bible verses that you're reading. You've got to learn how to be able to sit in the same row with somebody that has a different opinion than you. You've got to learn how to get along with other people. You've got to learn how to get mad when you see somebody out there doing something that's going to send them to hell. And you're like, eh, me, me. You've, got, you've got to learn this stuff, man. If you're ever, you, oh, you've got to get this. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Man, I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed that I'm going to heaven. I will pray for my food and I will do it out loud and I will do it right in front of you. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, I am not embarrassed that I'm going to heaven and that you're unfortunately choosing to go to hell. Man, this is tough tonight, but listen to me. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed, man. Why should I be embarrassed that I'm going to heaven? Why should I be embarrassed that Jesus healed me of cancer? Why should I be embarrassed that I've got a wife and four kids and we're all living in the same house and we may be challenged, but we still love each other and we're still going to be together in 75 years? Why should I be embarrassed about that? I'm not. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so we've, we've got to get this out of you, man. I am not ashamed. And so, again, we're going to close out here, but listen to me. We care about your individual spiritual battle, but until you can learn how to be a cohesive unit, how you can learn how to be a good soldier in the body of Christ, the body of Christ, God's army, you're not going to have very much success on the individual battles you're facing. Amen? So we're going to get into a whole lot more in the coming weeks. Let's go ahead and call it quits there.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.